It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we're so glad you're spending some time with us today. We hope everyone had a great Father's Day weekend. We are back in the studio again with our special guests. Our husbands. Our husbands. Welcome, guys. They're back. Hey, thanks for having us back. Can't believe you invited us back after <laughs> last week. I think I think our listeners enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about, last week we talked about, you know, the role as a husband in marriage. This week we're going to talk about being a godly father. So I guess we'll just jump right in. All right. Well, let's first begin. We talked last week when we were talking to you guys about being a husband, some challenges, but also some joys. But let's talk about that same thing in regards to being a dad. So Aaron, what has been the biggest challenge for you since becoming a dad? Uh, well, it's not all about me anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's number one, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I said in the last podcast, I love some me, right? Yeah. And um, that's been the hardest or was the hardest adjustment with Pace because, you know, there was excitement, right? But I was just really naive to what it meant to be a father. Yeah. I think it was honestly, you know, and I'm not ashamed to say this, it was almost four to five months into Pace being here on this earth with us that I really realized that, you know, that's my child, right? Like, he is 110% dependent on me, right? I am am the captain of this ship here, (laughs) right? And um, so, you know, that's been a challenge and of course Reese Pace and Reese are six years apart so uh, Reese is a little tornado um so yeah uh, just that balance (laughs) between the the toddler and and then Pace is is nine and um you know Reese is uh, we call him Reese but Reese is um, (laughs) (laughs) uh you know Reese is the toddler right so we're still clinging on to the the baby phase there so you know, just to make sure that I, I show Pace equally the amount of love and um, care and appreciation that yeah. I do, Reese, is, is a challenge, right? You, do, you don't want your children to feel like they're left out. And, you know, for me saying that with only two, Derek's probably like, whatever, I got four, right? But um, It's all the same, man. Zone defense at that point. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I told – did I tell you this? That I'm the one told – so when, when you get past two kids – you get out of that man-on-man, you know, bump-and-run, yeah. tight-coverage defense, right? <laughs> now, Derek's over here. He's in that zone. He's in that prevent defense. He's Prevent's give, a great he, way to he's, say he's, it. He is, he is giving up those five- and ten-yard little dink-and-dunk passes, and the next thing you know, uh, whether it be Justin Landon or Charlie or even Maddie, they're, they're dancing in the end zone. He's yeah. gave up another touch. We're just trying to prevent a catastrophe. That's right. Yeah, we you know, just do don't that. need a blowout, right? <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron, that's your biggest challenge. What's your greatest joy since becoming a dad? 
you know, just, you know, to be a, a dad is probably the, the greatest accomplishment yet blessing at the same time. And, yeah. uh, just my kids are, are such a joy. Um, we, I love to, to race when I can. And now my oldest boy is racing, although his mother hates it. Right. But <laughs> To see Pace get out there and do the same things that I love to do is, yeah. is a joy to me. I'd rather go to the racetrack, honestly, uh, with Pace. And I don't care if he wins or runs dead last. Yeah. I'd rather go out there with him uh, than I would go race myself now. And um, So uh, that's something for me. I'll tell you a little story. So it's bleeding off to his little Reese, uh, <laughs> his brother. The other day we, were, we had went and raced and – at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and I was unloading Pace's car, and uh, Reese says, "Daddy, put me in there." <laughs> I said, "Put you in there for what, boy?" He said, "Crank it up." <laughs> I said, "Where are you going?" He said, "I drive in Bubba's race car to Grandmommy's house." <laughs> I said, "I don't think so," but you know, Reese's already catching on. It just you know, kids are just they're real. They're in, they're infectious, you know, and. They trust and follow whatever yeah. you do. And just to me, my, my biggest joy is just being a dad. Yeah. So, Derek, what about you? What has been your biggest challenge becoming a dad? Well, I can relate to what Aaron said. I remember when we got home from the hospital with our oldest, which is our daughter. And, you know, when the baby comes, you've got doctors and nurses everywhere. And you've got family in and out of the room. And when you first get home, everybody was there to greet us and just to get last hugs and kisses off the baby. And then all of a sudden, everybody leaves. Yeah. And then the house yeah. was quiet. It gets and real, took real a nap. quick. And I took our daughter, and I laid her on our bed. And I just remember it was a very quiet moment. And I stepped back, and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> I'm responsible for this thing. <laughs> I'm responsible for keeping this thing alive. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. And so um, the challenge of fatherhood is just is just trying to be all that you want to be for your kids, you know. And um, But then the, the, the joys far outweigh all the challenges that you face. Um, watching your kids grow up, watching them succeed, like Aaron said, watching them just enjoy what they love doing and watching them grow. It's, it's really rewarding. That's good. So we finished off last week ending with Ephesians 5 regarding husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church. But Ephesians 6 picks up with scripture regarding children and parents. So we're going to be reading Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, Derek, this teaching, especially this last verse, is geared towards fathers. So why don't you talk a little bit about this Ephesians chapter 6, especially verse 4, and how um, that relates to you and fathers. <laughs> Well, this certainly relates to me as a father, and I'm probably not the best person in the world to speak on this <laughs> passage of Scripture. Uh, because as my wife knows, my love language is sarcasm in the home. If you're going to spend any time in the, in the house at, at the Howard household, you're going to get some, some intense sarcasm. That's just how we that's pick true. on each yes. other. And uh, 
Anyway, we, we love to joke. We love to pick on each other the house. But I think, you know, here again we have a passage of Scripture that's relating the relationship, just as we did last week, the, the husband to the wife. Now we're looking at the relationship between the father and the children. And specifically on verse number four, uh, we're seeing a command here, a command from God's Word. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what does it mean? What does it mean to not provoke your children to wrath? Well, Aaron, I'm going to ask you to step in and help me with this a little bit here, but but what would you say that means, man, not to provoke our children to wrath? Well, for me, when I look at Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, right, like it, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So, what I get from all those passages just from the very beginning is newsflash, your kids are going to obey what you obey, mm. right? That's if you're good. easily provoked to wrath, guess what? Your kids are going to do the same at school. They're going to do the same at wherever they're at, the playground. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to obey what you obey. Just like I talked about, you know, me loving to race. Um, guess what? Pace now loves to race. The little one's talking about racing. Whatever fruit that you lay down on the table, that's what your kids are going to eat. And, you know, I I know I'm kind of dancing around the question here, Derek, but, I mean, that's as simply as I know how to put it. Your children will obey what you obey at the end of the day. If it's filthy music, guess what? They're going to like and listen to filthy music, right? If it's... If it's foul language, guess what? They're going to be using foul language as well. I mean, how many instances uh, have we all seen in the past, right, where a little kid that's two, three, four years old that's just learning how to talk, well, there's a lot of filthy language in the home. Guess what? They start saying those words. They may not understand what they mean, right, but Mm -hmm. they're saying those same words. So whatever you obey which essentially is whatever you're putting down on the table, whether it be wrath or disrespect or, you know, easily provoked in a hot temper, your, your kids will have the same. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I joke with Tabitha a lot, and it's not really a joke. I, I actually mean it, but it's just, you know, uh, something that we say back and forth to each other. I say to her is, you're raising children and I'm raising leaders, right? Yeah. And and I truly believe that that is my responsibility, you know, to raise my children in such a way that they can become leaders, leaders in the community, leaders in the church, leaders of their own homes. Um, but in that, sometimes I can find myself being very hard on them, you know. And and dads tend to be when they're kids, especially when it comes to when we are the disciplinarians of the home, we are the authority of the home by God's design. And... Uh, Sometimes my lovely wife has to remind me, uh, Derek, you're, you're taking this a little too far, right? And, and I appreciate, I don't like it in the moment, but I do appreciate <laughs> when, when she does that. Because, again, as a father, I can push so far on my children that it causes resentment, that it provokes them to wrath, mm-hmm. as the Bible says, and it makes them upset and angry. And so knowing that limitation as a father is, is important. Uh, knowing when you can push your children to obedience, you can push them through discipline, you can push them through the advice and counsel you want to give. Um, 
but then there's got to be a moment where, like Jesus, um, there's compassion, and there, when the, just as there's a time to be the disciplinarian, there's also the time to be the father where your kids can just crawl up in your lap and get loved on like they do with mama, you yeah. know. And finding again that balance is a is a challenge for me sometimes, but something that I think every father has to work on. Well, Aaron, as you were talking earlier too, and kind of y'all relating those that passage together, it reminded me of last week how it was talking about the wife and the husband relationship, and then it goes straight into in Ephesians six how the children should respect and honor the parents, but it brings in that passage of fathers provoke not your children to wrath. And it almost made me think like when you said they're watching you, they see how you respond. They see how the dads are talking to moms and how, if they're loving the wife, well, then that's going to rub off on them too. And they're going to see if there's disrespect in the home Mm -hmm. with how dad is treating mom the kids are going to start doing that as well. Yes. So that's a great reminder, I think, for all of us to how we treat one another again how in our marriage relationship is then going to spill over into the kids and how they talk to, especially mom. You know, they're not going to, they know their boundaries with dad that they can't say a lot of things, but especially if you're a stay-at-home mom or even if not, we're just with the kids a lot more than the dads are. So they get a little more free with how they talk to us, but yeah. the boundaries that dad sets and the example that he sets will also reflect on how the children are going to talk to their moms. So, mm-hmm. and it's going to affect their future relationships with their, I mean, with wives, their spouse. Your, yeah. Or husbands. Yeah. yeah. We say that often in our, in our marriage counseling sessions is that, you know, your marriage, your marriage is the only measuring stick that your children have yeah, as to it. what marriage is supposed, supposed to look, to look like. like. Yeah. And uh, because they're not they're not living in somebody else's home, so the relationship mm-hmm. between mom and dad is typically what they're going to imitate in their, their future own relationships. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, Aaron, this also makes us think about children who may not have Christian parents as well. You know, this is the biblical teaching, but whether it's adult children or young children. Uh, why don't you share some hope with those who have struggled to believe that God is a good father when they've not seen that exemplified in their own homes? Let me say this. I have a, a great father and a, a great mother. I, I love my parents unconditionally. Um, and they did a lot for my brother and I growing up. But we just didn't go to church. Yeah. You know what? You know, for full disclosure, you know what? I don't even know if there was even any scripture at any time that was ever read in our home growing up. There was a Bible in our home, right? But it was not out. It was not open. Mm-hmm. Um, it was put away in a closet somewhere. There's just, and, and again, I'm not beating my parents up, right? My mother is in church now. She goes with me. She doesn't miss a sermon that I preach. Even when I'm not preaching, she tries to be there yeah. with us and the grandkids. And you know what? God has, has done a lot of great things in my family, but I didn't I didn't know. I was very yeah. naive, and, you know, we just didn't go to church. I mean, that's just the plain and short of it. Right. But um, I started going to church, um, and I'll say her name because I need to give credit where credit's due. We had a neighbor um, named Deborah Smith, and I thank God for her every day. And uh, she started taking me to Victory Baptist Church in, in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And let me just say this on record, don't ever discount the importance 
of bringing children to church or if you're running a bus Amen. ministry, Amen. you have no idea. All it takes is one. And I was that one. I don't know yeah. how many, uh, honestly, it's you know not as many as most. Most I'm not bragging because I don't keep count because it's the Lord and it's not me, but I don't know how many people have been saved under my ministry. It's been a lot of yeah. kids and I don't, I've, I've ministered and preached at several churches. God has blessed me to do that. And I don't even know uh, how many people's lives have been impacted uh, through the Lord allowing me to preach his word. But I was at one and she used to take me to Victory Baptist Church on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning. I can remember sitting in there and Brother Roland Jackson would be <laughs> preaching and boy, he'd be preaching it hot. Yeah. You could you could you could feel you could feel the heat and uh, I was uh, I'd be sweating bullets. I was just a kid. I said, Lord, if if I could just get out of here, I ain't ever coming back. Yeah. Lo and behold, I'd be back the next week. But uh, Roland Jackson and his son Will Jackson, Will's wife, uh, at the time they weren't married, they were dating, but Carla Jackson planted some seeds in me that I could never get away from. And then the Smiths move away and and. Uh, uh, the Mathis family, Miss um, Donna Mathis and Eddie Mathis, um, took me in and started taking me to church. And uh, I got saved when I was 14 years old, Pensacola Beach, Florida, because somebody cared about me. Amen. And uh, it's changed my life for the better. I thank God for the Mathis family, the Smith family every day, because just because my family didn't go to church, doesn't mean there's not hope for others. I think about a young boy that uh, right before I stepped down in, in the as a youth pastor at my previous church, that uh, we were headed home, and he said, uh, Pastor Aaron, I said, yes, son. He said, your wife told me if I wasn't saved, I needed to get saved. I said, well, amen, brother, <laughs> you know. And... Uh, Myself and then brother Derek Knight started, you know, sharing the Romans road and ministering to him. And as we were going down the road, he said, Pastor, he said, you know how you always talk about the Holy Ghost working in your heart and that conviction and your heart beat, about to beat out of your chest? I said, yeah. He said, I feel that way right now. <laughs> and I said, hey, we about to pull this van over. And, and mind you, it was pouring down rain. And uh, I said, Kenneth, I said, I can't do it for you, buddy. I wish I could. I said, I can pray with you. Yeah. I said, but you've got to trust. You've got to believe. You've got to confess. And you've got to ask the Lord in your heart yourself. And Derek and I got out in the pouring down rain on the side of the road. And I watched that boy give his heart to the Lord. Yeah. Mm. And uh, it reminded me of my story. Yeah. Because I cared enough. To run those buses when I could and when I was in that position to pick those kids up no matter if their parents came to church or not God loved them mm. just as much as he did the family that was yeah. faithful That's right. every Sunday and every Wednesday night so I hope that's a little bit of encouragement but yeah thank you so much Aaron for sharing that you know and it's also a reminder the importance of children's ministry and youth ministry in it's churches. It's so important. Yeah. It can be very challenging. Yes, it is very challenging, especially when you have kids whose parents are not there with yeah. them and teaching them, you know, the respect of the church and things like that. But because they don't know. They don't know how to act. And you just have to realize that, that some kids, they do not know. They, they yeah. 
They've never been to church. That's mm-hmm. one of my dear friends. She has a very similar testimony that her parents were not in church and the church ran buses and she hopped on that bus, on bus and she came to know Christ and through her, her whole family accepted Christ. God used yeah. that little child. And so just a reminder that if your parents are not in church and even as an adult, if you did not grow up in a Christian home, you can change that for your future family. Yeah, you can change mm-hmm. the whole trajectory of your family's life. Yeah. We had, um, so Kenneth was saved on the side of the road, and then the next week his little sister got saved. That's awesome. Um, Derek Knight led her to the Lord. And then I can't remember if it was a week or two before that or after we had a, a, another young man. I just felt really led after the Wednesday night ministries and, if you've ever been involved with the kids' ministries, it can be a little clunky, to say the least. You <laughs> never know how they're going to behave or how it's going to go. But I just felt really led one night to to give an invitation. And uh, we had a young man uh, named Dawson come down and uh, prayed with him. And, and he gave his life to the Lord. And then it wasn't even a couple weeks later, his sister got saved. Um, the next thing I know... Uh, the young man is asking to join the church. What a blessing. And then yeah. uh, I, maybe a week or two later, his dad showing up to church with him. And it was just, uh, as you said, the, the Lord can, all it takes is one and change yeah. the whole trajectory of, of a family. And, you know, God's faithful. Yeah, and and no matter good. what your situation is, keep on keeping on. Yeah. I know I say that a lot, but, you know, it's an all-inclusive love. And I do want to say this. You know, I think uh, one of the biggest barriers that I faced, and I'm just going to be 110% transparent, when other than, you know, obviously the the Smith family and the Mathis family, they loved me unconditionally and took me in. But I always felt like I was looked down on from some of the families that were faithful in church because my family didn't go to church, right? Like maybe I wasn't as good as their kids or – or, or maybe, you know, I, I didn't belong in some aspects. And, you know, I, that's just me being transparent. It was very awkward. It's very awkward for children to go to church with their family not being there. Yeah. So I, I would just say, I say all that to say this, that you need to love those kids as your own and, yeah. and make them feel welcome. That's a good word, Aaron, for churches and for pastors too, because when you go to churches that have bus ministries, you hear this terminology, well, there's a church kid, and that's a bus kid. Yes. Stop saying that. Stop saying, Stop that. saying yeah. that. These are just kids. That's, that's right. All just kids. So that's a good, good And all the, the same in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So, Derek, anytime we talk about raising children, I can't help but think about Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I cling to that verse of scripture so often when raising our kids, but what hope would you offer to parents, dads, mothers who feel like they did raise their kids right, but they're wayward, caught up in sin, or may have stepped away from their faith? Mm, Great question. So as a parent, you know, every parent, every mom, every dad um, wants their children to be successful and hopefully feels a responsibility in that. And there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Uh, we can all, I mean, we've been in this thing long enough that we can all say amen to that. My, my hope for parents in those situations, and let me, let me just admit that this 
this is relatable to my own family um, with assembling of mine. So I get it. I get how you would feel in these situations as a parent. Now, statistically speaking, with four children, statistically speaking, one of my four children is, is supposed to go wayward. I mean, that's what the statistics yeah. will tell me, that I'm supposed to expect one of my four children to go wayward and drift from the Lord. Now, our hope is greater than that, and our faith is that it will not happen, and our prayers are that that won't happen. But it's a reality for a lot of strong Christian moms and dads, that some, even preachers. Mm-hmm. Preachers have kids that go wayward. Yeah. And so I would want to share to those parents that may have experienced a wayward child is that if you raised your child in the admonition of the Lord, if you, if you raised them to be faithful to the church, if you raised them to love Jesus and to walk in his ways, then you parented successfully. You know, we often hear this phrase, we're all a product of our raising. And while there is some truth to that statement, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Um, we are not a product of our raising. We are a product of our choices. That's right. And so, you know, we can do all that we can do as parents, but at the end of the day, our children have the free will choice to follow Jesus or not. And there comes a point where you really don't have a say-so in that anymore. And so if you did your part, and you did what you're supposed to do as a parent, just rest in that and trust Christ with your children from this point on. Because there is a promise embedded in that, that scripture that you gave. You train them up, and they will not depart from it. They remember. They will know. Keep praying. Keep the faith. And just pray that the Holy Spirit will just remind them at some point on their life's journey and bring them back into the fold. So. I may be putting you on the spot for this, but this question just came to my mind because I know we've also talked with lots of families who maybe they're in church now and they're following Christ now and they have grown children and they did not train them upright. But now here they find themselves as Christian parents with adult children and they are their children are not following Christ, but they didn't train them up. Um, and I know that they may feel some regret with that. What might be some advice or some hope that you could give them if they're in that situation? So if I understand you correctly, you're saying parents who did not raise their children in a Christian manner and now... Maybe they're Christians now. Maybe they were saved later in life after their children were grown up or something like that. Forgiveness is always available, right? Um, we, we repent of... You can't change yeah. the past. Um, we we celebrate the past when it needs to be celebrated, and we uh, let the past correct our future behavior when it's needed. Um, you know, repentance and faith is something that's ongoing and continual in the Christian life. So if you recognize that you just felt like you didn't hit the mark as a parent earlier on, uh, then just ask the Lord to forgive you in that, and uh, and He will. You know, he is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Um, But it's never too late to start. Yeah. It's never too late to start. You may have grown children. Um, Hey, start now. They may be a little resistant to it. They They may not be keen on the idea now that you've turned over this new leaf in life and you want to start over. 
But that doesn't matter. Start now. You're never too old. It's never too late to start over. Amen. Yeah, and I don't think they should feel a responsibility. They are grown kids. Right. You know, and they still have that choice. We all make the choice mm-hmm. whether we're going to well, follow and as, Jesus. And as Derek Jesus. says, now you can start planting those seeds of faith now. That's right. Yeah. And they Even can impact grandkids. I mean, maybe they have grandkids, right. and they can start taking them to church, and then it could get the parents. The I ripple mean, effect just, there. That's yeah. right. I, yeah. I wish there were things that I could change with pace, right? Yeah. But the reality is, is I can't. What's what's done is done, right? I, I can't fix yesterday, but I can fix today. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's important. As Derek talked in the last episode about um, raising leaders, right? Yeah. A leader doesn't look back. Right. A leader looks forward up. That's when you good. think about the Lord is my shepherd, a shepherd leads out front. Shepherd doesn't lead from behind. and. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to keep pressing forward and, and, you know, don't worry about yesterday. Like I tell my employees at work all the time, I don't care how the car got on the side of the road, right? I don't care why it's broke down, why it's on the side of the road. All I want you to tell me is what you're doing right now to get it off the side of the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, you know, you can't, you can't harp on yesterday. You need to focus on today. I like to put it this way with people. We remember the past, but we don't live there. Yeah. That's right. We remember the past, but we don't live there. That's right. We also know that the statistics indicate that when a father is committed to serving the Lord, when he's going to church, when he's reading his Bible, all of those things, the likelihood of the entire family coming to know Christ is much greater than if just the mom takes the kids to church. So, Aaron, what is some practical advice you would offer to fathers particularly to continue on serving and leading their family and their children to Christ? I think that there's a perception, um, and I can say this honestly from my personal perception, one of the hardest things that I had to let go is as a dominant, masculine Mel, you know, I was a, a young, wasn't necessarily a young father. I was 27, I think, when Pace was born. Um, and, and, again, we were out of church. But as, you know, you think, well, i got to give up all these things. You know, I can't do this or I can't do that to serve the Lord. And the fact of the matter is, is just come as you are, mm-hmm. right? Just come as you are, and the Lord will do the cleaning up on the back end. Yeah. And, um you know, don't worry about what this world thinks about you and your masculinity as a male because at the end of the day, when I need somebody to pray for my family or my kids, I'm not calling the guy that's sitting at the bar every weekend. I'm calling the guy that I know is faithful, his family's in order, and he's got a relationship with the Lord. And, you know, again, I'm throwing some things out there, but... Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. This is a great life. Mm-hmm. This is a great life. I preach on Sundays. I may or may not be at a racetrack the night before on Saturday night, you know, with my family. Yeah. You know, we still go out on the lake. We still go on vacations, right? Yeah. Like, this is a great life. Serving the Lord is is so joyful. And, and I'll be honest, what's the most humbling thing is the people that reach out to me now that would have never reached out yeah. to me before for advice 
if I would have continued living the same way that I was living several years ago. So it's a joyful life serving the Lord. I think that there's a huge misconception about, you know, am I going to be accepted, you know, by the guys at work or the guys at the gym or wherever you hang out at by serving the Lord. And it is, it is fun to serve the Lord. I want to be honest with you. It is, it is an awesome experience to serve the Lord. Derek, do you have anything to add to that? Um, well, just piggybacking off of what Aaron, something Aaron said, talking about masculinity, um, I'll just say for the record, true masculinity is is defined in Jesus. And uh, you want to know what it really means to be a man, to be a father, to be a leader, then, again, look at the scriptures, and that's what true masculinity is all about. But uh, then going back to, to what you were talking about, Tabitha, the statistics of if a father's faith is important, if a father attends church, uh, how that translates into the children. We cannot emphasize enough how important, how important the role of a father is in the spiritual leadership of his family, specifically his children. Uh, again, by nature, children are imitators. Uh, again, like we've said too, mom and dad are the only measuring stick that your children have until they, you know, leave the house. And so if faith is important to the dad, faith will almost inevitably be important to the children. So dads, do not underestimate. Get up. Go to church. Read your Bible in front of your kids. Pray in front of your kids. Do spiritual ministry in front of your kids. Invite them to come with you. If you want your children to be strong Christians, and if you want your boys to be strong spiritual leaders and fathers themselves, then you've got to demonstrate that in front of them. And don't be afraid to do it. You won't do it perfectly every time. I think one reason why men don't do that is they're scared to death. They're going to make a mistake and look silly. Who cares? That's right. Just lead, man. That's Just right. lead. I, I think about last year we, we had took some uh, friends out on our boat with us. Um, we had their children with us. And... Um, these children, to my knowledge, they, they don't go to church, and uh, they are great kids. I, I love these kids to death, just great kids. But one of the most joyful things is um, on the way home, we Pace had his Bible in the car. And um, Pace pulled out his Bible at, at eight years old and started showing these kids his favorite scriptures. And they were reading. And although what seemed like an innocent conversation to Pace, he didn't realize that he was witnessing mm-hmm. to these two kids through God's word. And that was just, as you said, right? Pace would not be able to do that if that wasn't an open practice yeah. in our home. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things is when you start seeing your kids witness yeah. to others and just right. be that light to others. And you hear them say little things and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know? It's they, worth they it. it. Yeah. All the hard work is worth is worth it. And you think they're not paying attention, but those but moments they are. demonstrate that they are. They are. They are. And I mean, I, I think that now with having a toddler, and everybody knows in toddler season going to church, but they know even at that yeah. young age, you know, you're start, you're planting seeds. Right. So in every episode, we always ask, what's the purpose of this teaching? So Derek, what would you say is the purpose for us discussing this today? I think that... Broken homes, leaderless homes, uh, I don't know if the word 
what's the, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> men who are not demonstrating strong spiritual leadership is what is killing our society today. I agree. It's killing our churches. I mean, you go to any church and you will see more women leading in the church and serving in the church than men. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. there's always exceptions to the rule, but the general rule of thumb right now is that women are doing more of the leadership and the work in the church than men are. And it is time. The purpose and the challenge of, of today's episode, it's time for men to raise up again. Amen. It's time for men to be men again. Mm-hmm. It's time for men to stop apologizing align their lives with the word of God and start living like God has commanded us to as leaders and, and do that unashamedly, unapologetically. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what uh, the TV programs that you're watching say. I mean, you think about the TV programs whenever we were growing up. You think about, now I'm going to date myself here, but let's just take the Simpsons, for example. Yeah. You know? Homer was the the, the idiotic dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't know what was going on in the world. Yep. You think of shows like... Uh, Tim, the, what was... Uh, home Improvement. Home Improvement. Uh, we love that show, but... Yeah. Dad's just out in the garage. Dad just knows tools and, and, and carpentry. That's all he knows. Mama does the rest of the stuff yep. and leading the children. It's like Al Bundy. Married, married, married children. children. <laughs> yeah. He's just the dumb oh, dad sitting on the, on the couch, couch drinking with his beer. Hand on his pants. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's just... <laughs> that is not... That is not manhood biblically defined. Culture will try to dictate it. Forget culture. Look at the scriptures and start being a man. That's right. I like that. Aaron, would you add anything to that for a challenge that anybody can take into the next week? Yeah, so I had actually listened to a podcast yesterday, um, and it was not yours, by the way. It was not. We PWG. thought you only. We yeah. thought you only, only listened to right. ours. <laughs> um, and, and they were in the book of Mark, and, and something grabbed my attention. It was Mark chapter three, where Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, of course, in the Jordan River. But I want to read this to you. In this, let God's word challenge you here. But I want. I want to just give you a few things that, that the Lord gave me through His word. It says this in verse number sixteen. Again, we're in chapter number three of Matthew. And uh, it says this, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Let me just stop and say there, I'm glad the day that I saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Um, And lighting upon him, and, lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is the Father talking to Jesus Christ, the Son. This is, he didn't say this may, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And you say, what what does that have to do with anything? The father is saying, this is my son and he belongs to me. I love him. My, My son is special, but most importantly, what is Jesus hearing or, or what is what is Jesus taking out of, of hearing this from the Father? Is number one, I belong. Number two, He's He's love. But number three, He's special. Mm-hmm. Our kids belong. They were all created in the image of God, just like us. Yep. They belong. There's a purpose for each and every soul on this earth. 
Number two, Christ died for all, which Amen. means he loves you. He loves them. But that love's got to start with you first, right? Mm. It's your job as the father to show the love of Christ mm. in your home. And lastly, make sure that they understand and know that they are special, right? I think about some of the things that this may have gave Jesus, Jesus when he heard this. Number one, it gives him confidence. If you're constantly just negative Nancy on your kids, mm-hmm. they're not going to have any confidence, right? You can generally pick those kids out, and people probably think, again, it's pace because he doesn't talk, right? I'm <laughs> sure he's not pace, but you can you – can, when you do youth ministry and minister to kids, generally you can pick out kids that have a very bad home life. They're yeah. very timid. You can't get much out of them. Or on the flip side, they act out. The other out, end of the spectrum, right? yeah. Um, and uh, secondly, uh, uh, it gave him confidence, but it gave him confidence to face difficulties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for our kids to know and understand uh, as fathers that there's only so much we can do, but we have a heavenly father that there is nothing that is too small or too big that he cannot handle at any given time. And then lastly, um, it gave him the confidence to, to do what he was called on this earth to do. And we are to go out and preach and teach and share the gospel to all nations. And the only way for our kids to do this is if, the father stand up and do what's right, right in the home and teach their kids how to read their Bible, teach their kids how to study. What a mission field that our kids have at public schools today mm-hmm. that we can never reach, but it's got to start in the home first. Amen. Guys, we just want to thank y'all so much for being with us over the last two weeks. I know all of our listeners are really going to enjoy uh, your wisdom that you've been able to offer and Y'all are a natural, so I think we're going to have to have you guys on more often. Yeah, I'm sure we'll. Next time it comes with a fee. Oh, no, no. This is free, free press around here. Free press, free advertisement for y'all's uh, ministries around here. We hope that y'all have enjoyed a couple different episodes from us and enjoyed having our husbands on. We hope that you're following along with us on Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate all the love and support. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God it starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.